I would say the most part of my pieces that I wrote for for orchestra or for wind bands are are pieces that are very descriptive, you know, like symphonic poems. Then you can put music to to a, a little story, but you don't need the picture, you know. In in yeah. a lot of my my pieces for for concert music, you just need to imagine the story, close your eyes and just feel the music. That's the key. Yeah. Today I'm talking to Oscar Gonzalez, who is a film and orchestra composer. Good morning, Petra. Good morning, Oscar. How are you? Very good. Very good. Nice to meet you. A lovely to meet you here on Zoom. Yeah, it's a it's a pleasure. And first of all, sorry for my English. It's not a hundred percent perfect, but I'm going to do the best I can. Your your English is perfect. <laughs> Oscar, it's it's um it's so lovely to talk to you. Where are you based at the moment? Uh, I live in Madrid. Yeah, I'm based in Madrid. Okay. Mm. I But... moved here like 12 years ago because I'm originally from Alicante. Yeah. But uh, when I was young, I just went to Los Angeles to study, and after finishing my studies, I just came here to Madrid. So I'm based here for 12 years. Oh, okay. And um, how is the difference between Los Angeles and Madrid for you? Well, <laughs> I think Madrid is much nice city. It's beautiful. Yeah. Los Angeles is also is a beautiful city, but Madrid has something special. You know, there are people in the streets. You have a lot of restaurants, a lot of life in the streets. In Los Angeles, I was living for two years and I couldn't see anybody in the streets walking. So it was only cars, people driving with the cars. Yeah. So I, I really like to be in touch with people. So here in Madrid and in general in Spain, we live in the streets, you know, in the restaurants. So you see people everywhere. So this is what I like um, here in Madrid. But it's interesting that you say that because I spoke to a, a conductor from America once and, and he was here in Vienna and he said the same thing. He said it's so lovely to be able to walk and to you know to walk everywhere and to see people and uh it's yeah so we i don't I think uh we always um appreciate that you know in these cities that we can do that yeah that's fantastic yeah. it's a very touristic place madrid um there is always people it doesn't matter if it's sunday monday tuesday there is, really? it looks always that it's a weekend you know so i really yeah. love that And all the theaters are open every day. Uh, all the concert halls. If you want to watch a musical or whatever, so it's like it's like a weekend every day. So I really love it. But now for you, when you are a composer, and is is this something very important for you? Do you need this buzz? Do you need this this sort of environment to be able to compose? Or do, do well, you get your inspiration there? It depends. So for me, I really like to be to be um, near to a big city, just to be in touch with the you know with the auditoriums, with musicians, uh, with orchestras, wind bands, producers, companies. Or I, I really like to be like inside or around all these all these things. But there are other composers that just to prefer to be in a mountain and being inspired by the mountains and the birds and the nature. You know. But I really like the city. I really like. I don't live in the city center in Madrid. I live in a in a town that is close to Madrid, but it is just 10, 15 minutes by car. 
So whenever I want to go to the concert hall or I, I need to go for a meeting or whatever, it is very close. So I have I live in a quiet place, very close to a very crowded place. Uh, it's oh, okay. the city yeah. center. That's the best of both worlds that you have. Yes, yes, yeah. that's true. But now, Oscar, you are uh, such a great um, composer. You're an award-winning composer. You've done um, cinematic music. You also do <coughs> concert music. Um, tell me a little bit about your your path. How did it start for you? How what was the inspiration initially to to start composing? Well. I started as a musician when I was a, a little boy, when I was eight years old, and it was in the school, like everybody here in Spain. We start um, the first contact with music in the school, playing the, the flute. Um, yeah, I was very interesting because I really liked music. So one of my teachers, he could feel something special in me when I was playing the flute at, in the school or singing in the choir. So he told my parents, hey, I think Oscar has something special with music. So it would be great if he could go to the conservatorium, to the music conservatorium to play an instrument and, and learn music theory. So my parents just gave me this opportunity to go to the conservatorium. So I started playing the clarinet when I was 10 years old, more or less. And for me, it was, it was something very special. I, I really liked to, to play my instrument, to learn music, to be in touch with friends and play music together. So, you know, uh, my parents didn't have to tell me like every day, you have to study, you have to go to the really? music school. It was everything just by me. I really like it. So I, or I organized it myself and and I, I really love to, to play music with, with my friends. So uh, the first ensemble I was playing with clarinet it was a clarinet quartet, and we needed like some repertoire to play. We have some scores, but not enough. So the this is the reason I started to think, what can I do for my clarinet quartet? Maybe I can do an arrangement of film music that I like. So I started doing some arrangements for clarinet quartet, just hearing the music from the from a little radio, you know. Yeah, uh, with a tape, not with a CD, with a tape. <laughs> so I was listening to the music and listening again and again and again and just rating the melody and, and the harmony and the rhythm, just taking notes. But it, it was just for fun. So uh, for me, it was incredible just to write this music for my clarinet quartet and put it in the stands and just hear the people playing what I wrote. So it was so amazing for me that I think it was just the very beginning uh, of my career because I started to make mm, more and more arrangements for my clarinet quartet. And then I, I was part of a wind band, a youth wind band as a clarinet player. So the same happened with the wind band. We didn't have too much repertoire, repertoire to play. So they asked me if I could do some arrangements to play with the June band. So for me, it was something also very special because it is not only a clarinet quartet, it is a big ensemble. We were like 30, 35 players. So I started doing those arrangements for, for my colleagues and he really, really enjoyed it. 
So I spent a lot of hours at home just listening the music in the tapes and just taking notes and writing the melodies for the saxophones, clarinet play, clarinet. So that was the beginning, yeah. That's amazing. And and um, it's very interesting that you say now that you love to hear them play the music, uh, that you love. And, uh, you know, this is also I spoke to a, um, um, a composer, a young composer, and he said that this is something so wonderful is that you, when you hear people play your music, it's not just the people listening, but it's actually the, the musicians playing the music. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. It was for me at the beginning was something magical because I put in a paper something that I had in my mind, you know, because mm -hmm. I spent hours and hours in my room just writing for the clarinets, for saxophones, for trumpets, just trying to imagine how it is going to sound. And it was magical when I was in the rehearsal with all the musicians and we started to play the music. It 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 has something very Amazing. special. Yeah, and it is because it was this was like twenty five or thirty years ago that we I didn't have any computer to write the music, so I couldn't yeah. hear any note. Everything was made like like Beethoven or Mozart, you know, <laughs> everything by hand, just uh, yeah. waiting for the first rehearsal to listen the music. So this was very special. Yeah, yeah, this was what I'm thinking now that there is no computer that you could hear before and and then hear this. So. You just had to write it, um, but now, now that you're composing, probably also with with computer and and software, um, do you think this is something? Uh, is there a? Do you think it's something got lost that you you know what I mean? That 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 magical moment that the first time you hear the music that you wrote on paper, um, now it's not you don't do that anymore. Is it something that yeah. got lost? Do you think? Yeah, I miss that. I miss that really? feeling because mm. 25 or 30 years ago, I was trying to imagine everything in my mind, you know, and I had to wait until the first rehearsal to listen yeah. the music. But now I work with a, with computer and with sound libraries, uh, with a very real sound with the instruments. So now, for example, I'm finishing now a, a new piece. It's a um, concerto for saxophone and symphony orchestra. And I'm hearing it every day. And I can hear all the strings and the saxophone and everything. So I know that the first rehearsal is not going to be as magical as the first rehearsals 25 years ago, you know, because I already know how it's going to sound. Yeah. But now also when you when you hand over this music now for the musicians how much input do you have on how they um sort of play it you know uh, do you still have a lot of say in how you want it to sound or do you just give it over for them to to sort of do with it what they feel with the music okay i used to write a lot of information in my in my scores I used to put a lot of information for the for the musicians, but there is always a lot of things that you cannot write. You need to say to the musicians, or you need to transmit when you are conducting the music. So I like to be in touch with them, and I like I like to talk in the in the rehearsals about the things that are not written in the score. So this is for me the most important part when I'm rehearsing rehearsing with the musicians, you know, because all of them have. They know how to play forte, mezzo forte, 
crescendo. Yeah. So I don't used to talk too much about this in the rehearsals, but I like to talk about the style, about the feeling, about the emotions that I want to transmit with the music. So that's very important. And just to create a very, very nice and positive ambience with the musicians when they are playing their instruments. So for me, that's very important in the in the rehearsal, just to speak about music, not about only technical things, you know. Yeah. But now, um, cinematic music and and um, uh, and concert music, but cinematic music works the other way around. You have the visuals, and then you compose for the visual. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. So, um, what came first, uh, or or for you, what was the interest then in cinematic music? Okay, uh, it is it is a different process of writing the music for concert music and film music. With concert music, as I told you before, you have to try to imagine a story or whatever inspiration comes to you to write the music, and you don't have any pictures or you don't have anything more than your imagination, you know. And with film music, of course, you have to uh, analyze the movie. You have to to see how the the stars are speaking or are or are. Um, speaking each other or what's happening in and, and also you need to be inside of the director's mind just to know what what he wants with the with the music you know so there is a very important part in the film music process that is to analyze what is really happening in the picture and then you have to create this story you have to create the movie just with music so you have to follow the pictures it's very important and it's also very important to know where to put music and where not to put music in the movie. Oh, yeah. mm. You can imagine, for example, in a, in a horror movie, um, there is sometimes in a horror movie that the music disappears and it is more scary than if you put yeah. the music in the movie, you know. So it's, a, it's very interesting just to analyze and see where do you need the music and where you don't need the music. And how did you get into cinematic music? I mean, how did you, uh, what was the um, the route you had to take? Was it something you went specifically to study? Well, I was very interested in film music since I was, I don't know, 12, 13. Okay. Uh, I was very young, but I was very attracted by film music because I, I used to, to play a lot of film music in my wind band when I was very young. I we played see. all okay. John Williams music, on all Ennio Morricone, uh, Hans Zimmer, all this um, movie music. We used to play in a wind band, so I was very attractive. So then the next step is that I was listening in my radio station. We have in, the, in Spain, we have the Spanish national radio station. We have every week a special uh, program for film music. So I started to listen to this program since I was very young, just to, to know more about film music. So I was very, very attracted. So that's the reason I just, when I started to do my arrangements for my clarinet quartet, for my wind band, the next step, it was to find a teacher to teach me all the tools to write for symphony orchestra and also for wind band. And my teacher told me, Oscar, you have something very special about film music. Your your style of writing is very close to film music. So why don't you go 
to a university or a school or whatever to learn film music. So just my teacher opened the door to me to this new world. Mm-hmm. So this is what I decided to to go to the to Los Angeles to the United States. I I sent my application to USC to the University of Southern California. And it was very difficult because we were like around 300 applications, 300 people that wanted to go to to get in the program. And we were only 19 selected from 300. So it was a very hard process. I had to send a lot of my music, a lot of my information. But I was very lucky and I, I just had the opportunity to to study film music in Los Angeles. And it was an unbelievable experience because, you know, you are in the heart of the industry. Yeah. We did recording sessions in Warner Brothers, in Paramount Pictures, in Capitol Records, with a lot of um, professionals and musicians that used to record the big movies every day. So we were working with all of them every day in the university. So it was a great experience. But now... um. What movies, what type of of films do you like to compose for, or do, is is it do you have a choice? You know, is it do you have a sort of a niche that it's uh, people would think, okay, this is his style, this is the type of music uh, that or movies that he writes for. Okay, I would say I, I really like fantasy movies. Okay, because the style, you know, I I like very much the John Williams style of writing with big orchestration because I'm I'm classical trained, so uh, I know I know all the tools to write a very good score with a symphony orchestra. So fantasy movie and also dramas movie, you have the opportunity to to work with an orchestra and the sound of the orchestra is also very very important. So I really like to to work with this this kind of of movies, you know. Now, uh, when you uh, compose now for for a concert for um, for an orchestra, can you see that there's an overlapping? You know, like you you tend to have this style that you have for film music that you that it overlaps to your concerts as well, your concert music. Yes, yes. You do. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And everybody tells me. It's like really? when they hear my music, they say, you guys, it's like watching a movie without the picture, you know. Yeah. You can yeah. imagine, you, you know how to tell stories with music without the picture. So for me, that's very, very special. And I would say the most part of my pieces that I wrote for, for orchestra or for wind bands are are pieces that are very descriptive, you know, like mm-hmm. symphonic poems. Then you can put music to to a, a little story, but you don't need the picture, you know. In in yeah. a lot of my my pieces for for concert music, you just need to imagine the story, close your eyes, and just feel the music. That's the key. Yeah. But do you see the story in your head? Do you see that in your imagination when you start writing? Yes, yes. You do. I, okay. Yeah. The first the first I used to do when I want to write a new piece for concert music and I need to follow a story, yeah. of course, is to try to imagine what's happening in this story. Um, and yeah, and take some notes also in a in a paper about the structure of the piece. Okay, here I'm going to, to try to describe this part of the story, and then here I'm going to describe this and this and this. So I need I need to organize myself and 
and organize the structure of the piece. So that's very important. And not only for me, also for the audience, because when the audience is listening to the piece, they need to, to see everything clear and they need to follow what's happening with the music because they don't have any picture to see. So it's yeah. only music. It's only music. So do you talk to your audiences? Do you tell them the story? Yes, I really love you to do, do that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't used to it doesn't used to ha to happen very much in classical music, as you know. Yeah. When you go to yeah. a serious classical concert, it's just the director that go to the stage and he plays the Beethoven First Symphony or Brahms Third Symphony or whatever. But a lot of times there are little stories inside of the symphonies, you know, or the or about Beethoven, for example, where. Uh, was he get inspired to write the, the first symphony or the five symphony? There are a lot of information that the, the audience doesn't know that yeah. would be great just to tell them before to play the piece. Mm -hmm. So now it's happening more and more that the directors used to just turn back and speak to the audience and just say a few lines about the music. And it is very helpful for the audience. So in my case, with my music, for me, it's very, very important just to tell to the people what is the story about? What are they going to, to listen? And then invite them to just close their eyes and try to imagine all of that with music. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I love it when when I just have, a even if it's just a little background, you know, or, or just something that gets you to, to connect with the music. Um, and I love when people do that. And you're right, not, not many conductors do that. Um, but I seem to hopefully it it will start happening more that that you that you have because the the problem is that for instance I'm not a musician so I don't know a lot about um, certain composers but the moment you hear something then you sort of connect on a different level with the music. Yeah, yeah. that's. That's true, and and it's very very important. And today there are more and more conductors that are doing that. I don't know. Thirty years ago, it was almost impossible. You yeah. just saw the conductor conducting the orchestra. But now it, there are more and more conductors because you need to connect with the audience. You need to break the wall that is in the stage yeah. with the audience, and people really like it. And people is going to 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 have this experience completely different if, if they know what are they going to listen, you know, so that's very important. And I wonder also younger audience who have this um, idea that that classical music, um, there's this barrier that, you know, that opens up for them more that it's more accessible, you know, that it's the thing that it's not this um, stigma around it and that classical music will be more than a, uh, that they will be able to appreciate it more. Yeah, especially for young people, as you as you said, is is very very important to catch them, you know, to attract them yeah. to to the concert halls, to listen to the orchestra. Because now young people they have so many options to do. You know, they can go to a concert, but they can be at home watching a Netflix movie, or they can go to a theater, or they can go to a musical. You, they have so many options now that is very important to attract them and catch them and, yeah. and make the experience special you know 
even if it's a classical concert with Ravel or Rachmaninoff, it doesn't matter. You have to do something special just to take the attention of the young people, because if not, they are going to do other things, you know, they have yeah. so many things to do now that is very important for the now. It's, it's in our hands from the, of the directors, of the conductors and composers, it's in our hand just to take care of these young people and also the old people for the audience in general. It's very yeah. important just to be connected with them. Yeah. Now, Oscar, um, as a composer, do you find it, um, is it difficult to get people to play your music uh, in, in your industry? Okay, at the beginning, it was difficult at the, at the very beginning, because, you know, I didn't have any social media, like 25, 30 years ago, the social media, it was me doing copies of my music and meeting people and giving these copies to the people, you know, yeah. this was the social media. But uh, now it's much more easier because you have Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, so you can spread your music or yeah. you can do a premiere of a piece today and tomorrow it can be all over the world in all the countries, mm. you know. So now it's, it's a little bit easier to promote your music, but still it's always difficult to, to contact uh, directors of the orchestras or, or or wind bands to play your music because they have also so many options to play yeah. that they need to but you want that they choose your music so you need to be very connected with people that in my case in my experience is that the last I would say 15 years I made a lot of connections with people it was it was for me it was very fun because I I met people everywhere so those connections now are so important for me because they know me, they know my music, and they play my music. Yeah. So now it's a little bit easier than at the beginning, but still you need always to promote your music, to be in contact with musicians, with conductors, just to show what are you doing. Yeah. So would this be your advice for a young conduct, uh, a young uh, composer, to just get uh, get their work out there and get contacts? Yeah, they have to be always, always promoting and showing his music, meeting people, just to be always around. If there is a yeah. concert, you have to be there. If there is a conference, you have to, a lecture, you have to be there. So you have to show you and your music uh, because it's the most important part, just to have connections, you know, because sending emails with your music, it doesn't work, you know, yeah. because there are, a lot of conductors that they used to receive hundreds of emails from composers that they cannot be the whole day listening music from other people. Yeah. It's impossible. It's the same for me. For example, I used to receive a lot of emails from young composers uh, asking me if I can listen their music. And I really like that, but it's impossible for me because I will need to, to be like five hours a day listening music yeah. for other people. But if I go to a party, or if I do a master class and I meet people and I meet a nice guy, a nice composer, uh, and he gives me a CD or he puts me his music or whatever, this connection is much more important than receiving an email in my mailbox. Yeah. That's true. And that's so much more personal then. Yes, of course. Mm -hmm. 
Now, uh, you said you do master classes. How often do you do that? Not too much, but maybe once or twice a year. Okay. I used to organize like a special week or a weekend for master classes. But it depends of the of the period of it depends on the year. If I'm very busy, it's it's impossible for me. And the last two, three years, they have been very busy for me. So I I I did I think only a couple uh, courses, you know, uh, composition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now Oscar, what is uh uh, coming up for you in this year, what is the wish now for um, for the next few years for you? Okay, my wish is just to keep working and keep enjoying the making music. I really love to do it every day. <laughs> I stay here in my studio from the eight in the morning until I would say seven, eight in the evening. So mm -hmm. I spend a lot of hours here. So you, you you have to love what you do if you want to spend 10 hours a day working in a studio. So for yeah. me, my wish is to is just to keep enjoying uh, what I do, keep living with music, around music, you know, with with musicians, uh, keep writing music and, and be in touch with professionals, with conductors. I really love this, this world. And that's all, yeah. Big projects, uh, if big projects are coming, that's fine. That's that's fantastic. But the most important part is to enjoy what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And um, I mean that you have the opportunity also to do what you love. That's also a a great uh, a great thing to, to be able to say. Yeah, and for me, it's also a dream came true because I started, as you know, I started playing my clarinet, doing my little arrangements. Yeah. And now. And now I have a lot of commissions coming for film music, for concert music, but I also own my own publishing company. I have oh. my people, my people working for uh, for me for my company. So we sell uh, exclusively all my music to all over the world, um, mm. and you know we sell to a lot of countries, a lot of different countries in the world that are interested in my music. That I'm very happy with that, and we yeah. also have our own symphony orchestra that has my name is Oscar Navarro Symphony Orchestra. We organize concerts every year. So now we are organizing uh, new concerts for this 2023. And my orchestra, we only play my music, you know, so. Amazing. That's fantastic, are coming, yeah. Are you coming to Vienna with your music? Uh, I wish, I wish. Oh, that would be so <laughs> from great. Now, from now <laughs> we play in Spain because you know, just to, Organize an orchestra and organize these concerts is a lot of work because yeah. we are pro all professionals. It's a 60-piece orchestra, all professionals. And mm -hmm. we do concerts here in, in Madrid and in different parts of Spain. And I'm very happy with that because it's like my family. They play my music. Yeah. Um, I have a, a very nice team around working uh, with me. So now I'm very happy because my life is... It's all music around, so I'm yeah. very happy. But you seem to have this spirit uh, since you started, this um, working with orchestra and working with people. So uh, how wonderful that, you know, that it, like you say, like it's a dream come true for you. Yeah, it's totally yeah. a dream come true, yeah. Well, my wish is that you come to Vienna with your orchestra because I would love to, to um, be in a concert and hear your music. 
I would be great. It would be yeah. another another dream came true just to go to Vienna with my own. Um, let's, let's cross let's, fingers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, Oscar, this was so lovely to talk to you. I just have one question for you now. After a concert, what what do you do? Do you drink beer, wine, or coffee? Beer. Beer. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Always a beer. I like wine. I like wine. Yeah. But for me, after a concert, just to drink a cold beer is wow. Uh, I recover have... in just one minute. <laughs> uh, really? Uh, do you have a favorite beer? Not a favorite, just whatever good beer, you know, it's fine yeah, for me. Is... Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but then you will be sorted in Vienna as well, because you'll definitely find a beer here after your concert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar, it was so lovely okay. to talk to you. And uh, I absolutely love your energy. I love your story. It's so inspirational. And um, um, I'm going to, to um, definitely make the wish that you come to Vienna. It would be fantastic. In a, yeah. My music was in Vienna, not me. I was also in Vienna, but never conducting. Uh, my oh, music, okay. one of my pieces that is Libertadores, is yeah. the name of my piece. It was played in the Music Verein. Music Verein. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was like five, six years ago. And it was a very special experience because, you know, this hall, this hall is... I know, I know, yeah. What I'm going to tell you. So for me, it was very special. I was not conducting the concert. I was in the audience. Yeah. But I was thinking, one, maybe in the future, one day, I will be conducting in the music around <gasps> my music. So let's cross fingers. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And I want to be there. <laughs> Great. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> okay, Oscar, see you soon okay. in Vienna. Thank you very much, Petra. Goodbye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye.